0: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples.
1: Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A mother said to her young boy once, I'm just going down the road to get a few things. Now while I'm out, I don't want you to go into the food cupboard and touch the cookie jar. Immediately she said that, the boy started thinking, cookie jar. When is mom going out? I want to get into that cookie jar. And that's how the law works. It actually has the opposite effect of what we want it to accomplish. It actually puts in our minds a desire to do the very things it's forbidding us to do. That's what Paul says when he discusses the nature of the law in Romans chapter 7 and verse 5. He says this, When we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. God's answer to living above sin is not through the law, it's by the power of His grace.
0: This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And we've been getting our teeth into the subject of legalism the last couple of days, particularly how you escape legalism? It's done a lot of harm to many Christians over the years and it's damaged the church's reputation and worst of all, it's misrepresented God. So the question is, why do we still take the bait? Probably like that little boy with the cookie. Uh, with us uh, to discuss this issue is Ken Legg. And why, Ken? Why do we take that bait? Well, Phil, let's
1: remember this, that before we beat up on ourselves, that even Paul himself fell into this trap. You know, I quoted at the beginning of the program from Romans chapter 7, which is a chapter where he kind of even shares his own experience of trying to live under the law mm. but failing. You know, he says, the good that I wanted to do, you know, yeah, which I, I thought, yeah, I saw it in the law. Yeah, I want to be like that. I couldn't do it. And, and the bad that I didn't want to do, I found myself continuously doing In fact, what happened is the more he tried to marry himself to the law, the harder this battle become because mm. the strength of sin is the law. He says this in verse 11. He says that he was actually deceived in this whole process. He thought, here's the law it's it's got this high standard and yes I want to do that and yes I want to be that person he said when I went that way I was deceived I was taken in I fell into the trap of thinking that this is the way yeah. to holiness but it's not so you know we're not alone you know Paul as I say walked that way and uh, I guess that we do it because we're basically works oriented i think there are certain misconceptions that we have about the law and about grace for example people believe that laws will actually help them to lead a better life, you know. If you want someone to change, give them a whole bunch of rules, but really, it does the opposite. Coming back to Paul again, verse eight, he says this: "Sin taking opportunity by the law or by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Mm-hmm. So you know, the law comes along and sin revives all of a sudden. It's all mm-hmm. on again, and we've got this huge battle, and it's law that's uh, the law rather that's stirring that up now." The law is not bad in itself. We've said that, we need to keep saying that point. We're not denigrating the law. We're not downplaying it in any way, shape, or form. It's just that our marriage to the law is not a good thing. It's a sterile relationship. And and it is weak because the power base for keeping the law is the flesh. Paul says this in verse 3 of chapter 8. He said, what the law could not do in that it was weak
0: through the flesh. That's where it breaks down. It's our marriage to it. It's just not a good partnership at all. I mean, the great example there you gave before of the little boy, his mother says, don't touch those cookies. Yeah. Of course, what's he thinking straight away? You know, can't wait till mum gets out the door so he can get his hand in the cookie jar. Yeah, and he's so. probably thinking
1: about playing on his computer game or something like that before his mum went out the door, but now all of a sudden yeah, the law has
0: put that thought in his mind that wasn't even there before. Yeah. Now, you say we only need to go to the New Testament, for examples, of trying to live the Christian life under the power of legalism, But didn't Paul have to admonish the Galatians because they came back under the law? He said that having begun in the spirit, they tried to be made perfect by the flesh. Yeah, that's right. And I
1: think this is a common fallacy, uh, uh, Phil. I think sometimes you, know, you, you hear about people that say that grace must be balanced by the law. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Mm. Now the question is, okay, what are you going to balance it with? What are you going to balance grace with? If the answer is law, well, then straight away grace is no longer grace. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 11 and verse 6. He says, if it's by grace, then it's no longer by law. Hmm. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. If it's by law, then it's no longer by grace. Otherwise, law is no longer law. You can't mix law and grace. You mix one little bit of law with grace and grace is no longer grace. So for grace to be effective in people's lives, it has to be radical. Yeah, And I love that word radical grace, you know, because... Grace is pure grace. You know, Paul says that the true gospel is the power of God under salvation. We try to find power in things like prayer and fasting and doing this and doing that. More power to us, you know. Yeah. Paul says, no, you get a hold of the true gospel. He says that is the power of God under salvation. But you come under law and law nullifies the grace of God. It, it cancels it out mm-hmm. because uh, grace is no longer grace. And a lot of Christians try to live their lives by law without realizing it? They, they try to come under law in governing their finances, uh, in working out their marriage, in in their Christian walk. And every time that we come under law, we cancel out the grace of God. We fall from grace. Paul uses that term. We fall from grace. And he says, Christ is of no effect to you. Once you come under the law... Christ is of no effect to you in that area of your life. You you you've cancelled out the grace of God. God's the power of God's grace working, and you're trying to work it all out now in your union with these rules or these laws, these regulations that you've married yourself to. You know,
0: and one one you touched on there, I think, is a great uh, example for all of us that we will very easily understand, and that's money. Yeah, and um, the law says you know tithe ten percent. Mm. Um, you know, discharge your obligation, but grace says open-handed generosity. Yeah. Be generous to yeah. so those that are around you. Yeah. Be generous in your giving. Yeah. And it's just, it's a mindset. It's totally different.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, this whole thing of tithing, I mean, you know, you, you, you obviously want to put the cat amongst the pigeons here, Phil, and <laughs> <don't you laughs> stir up the hornets there. But I'll you just say, a couple this. of minutes left. so I'm sure yeah, you, you can cover we can it up. do off, a you know. whole week on tithing. But uh, <laughs> um, basically, you know, we've been saying this that you can always do more under grace than we do by law. Mm. So tithing is measured giving. You know, I've given God
0: his 10%. This is all mine. Well, maybe that's the key uh, to why sometimes we like to go back to the law <laughs> because it's our sinful nature that says, well, you know, I, I don't have to do more. I can keep yeah. that, in this case money or whatever it is, yeah. to myself and discharge my obligation. Yeah. But the law is null and void now under grace because we are under grace. Yeah. Some people, you might say, are, are kind of scared of grace. Yeah. Why?
1: Well, I think people have this fear that grace will become a license to sin. I, I hear this all the time. You know, even Paul with, was charged with that. Mm. You know, he says, um, people are saying that Paul is teaching, let's continue in sin that grace may abound. But he goes on to say, God forbid. I'm not teaching that at all. Yeah. And you know, you hear these terms like cheap grace. Well, well, grace isn't cheap. Actually, it's very expensive. It costs God his only son. It's nothing cheap about grace. It's free to us, yeah. but it was very expensive to God. You know, some people talk about greasy grace. You know, these sounds, these kind of, um, sayings sound very, Spiritual, but you know, you can come back on that and say, Well, what about lethal legalism? (laughs) Because legalism kills. But we don't want to get in that kind of game. You know, the fact is that grace is not a license to sin. It is the only thing that can get us out of sin. You know, Paul says, Sin will not have dominion over you. Why? Because you are not under the law, but under grace. That's the reason why we can live above sin. Because we're in grace. You bring a person back under law and they're going to struggle with sin. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're going to have a real battle on their hands because it's a bad marriage. There's no power in the law to set us free from sin. The power is in the life of Christ. Surely it's open really to abuse. It is, and, and, and so is the law, by the way, but uh, it is open to abuse. But here's the thing. If you do come across someone that has this attitude, okay, I'm under grace, so I can just live like I like now. I can, I can send it up and uh, do whatever I want, you know. Yeah. If you do come across somebody like that, and, and I, I don't actually think I've met too many people that have taken that message and, and used it as an excuse for sinful living. But if you do come across someone like that, does that mean then that we just stop preaching grace? No, what we do is we go to that person and we say, hey, brother or sister, um, I don't know what you've got there and what you're believing in, but it's not grace because sin will not have dominion over you when you're under grace. So whatever you've got there, it's not the grace of God. Don't call that the grace of God. You've got licentiousness or something like that, but you don't have grace. Grace will set you free from sin, not give you an excuse to live in sin. But don't stop preaching grace just because one person might be abusing it.
0: Ken Legg's been helping us to escape from legalism this week and we'll have more tomorrow. Until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage because God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.